Hello and welcome to the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. This is a podcast where we try to always remind ourselves that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. So let's always do our best to be everyday Christians. You know, that's an important reminder that we try to remind you of from time to time on the podcast. Uh, We're Christians on Sunday, of course. We're Christians on Wednesday as well, but we are Christians all throughout the week and throughout the year and throughout our lives. So let's always make sure and live our lives in accordance with God's will. We have Jordan May with us again on the podcast this week. We talked about once saved, always saved last week, and we talked about some of uh, the passages that proponents of that false doctrine tend uh, to use, and we kind of refuted some of those. And so this week, what we want to do is we want to go through some passages in the Bible that very clearly uh, teach that once saved, always saved is false doctrine. Again, we're talking about doctrine on the podcast this season. Uh, Make sure that you go and check out all the various episodes on uh, doctrine that we'll be covering this season. Jordan, it's good to have you with us on the podcast again this week. Yep. Glad to be back, man. Yep. So uh, as I said, Jordan uh, joined us last week, but he also joined us a couple seasons ago talking about uh, some landmines that we need to be looking out for, lack of knowledge, and also uh, drifting away. And we talked about last week how that kind of goes uh, with this subject of uh, the false doctrine of once saved, always saved. So we want to get to the last part of the discussion this week. And uh, we want to ask, Jordy, what are some verses that clearly show uh, that once saved, always saved cannot be true? Titus 1, verse 14, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. So that right there obviously shows us that we can be turned from the truth. Yeah. Yep. Also, um, Acts chapter 8, we will see that Simon the sorcerer was, he was, he believed in verse 13. It says, uh, when Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. So we see right there that he was in a safe condition. Yep. And then, uh, later on in the chapter, you, you read that, he wanted to buy the, the uh, gifts that he was witnessing. And Peter told him, he's like, man, that's, that's not good. You're sinning. Yeah, he, sa- he said, your money perish with you. Yeah, and in verse 22, says, repent therefore of thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. Right. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we, we refer to that as God's second law of pardon. Uh, you know, that's kind of just the way we, we discuss that, that topic. And what we mean by that is, you know, when somebody becomes a Christian, they don't have to go and be baptized again every time they sin. But what we need to do is we need to repent, uh, and we need to pray that God would forgive us of those sins. Uh, first John talks about confessing, you know, that we, we sin so that we can be forgiven as well. So yes, absolutely. Those are a couple of really good passages <clears throat> for uh, clearly showing this. Do you have any others? Yeah, John 15. Okay. First, talking about the, you know, the branches. Yeah. And, uh, they're not bearing fruit and being hung into the fire. Cut mm-hmm. off and burned. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Jesus says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. 
Sometimes people uh, want to say that he's talking about denominations there. That's not the case because he talks about, uh, you know, members, Christians uh, are the branches. If you go and read it in context and he says that if the branch doesn't bear fruit, then it's it's no good. It just needs to be cut off and uh, cast into the fire. So that's a really good one. Appreciate you bringing that one out. Um, <clears throat> what else? Let's see. Romans 14, 15. Okay. What does that one say? Let me look that one up. Oh, right here, I just got a little note that says, you know, a person for whom Christ died was in danger of being destroyed. Okay. Let's see. <clears throat> Romans fourteen fifteen. Yeah, I'm right there. Let's see. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not terribly, destroy not him with thy meat, for whom Christ died, that not then your good be evil spoken of. Yeah. Yeah, that's talk. <clears throat> that's in, that's talking about uh, not. Uh, defiling a brother's conscience um, in Romans 14. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, whatever is not of faith is uh, sin. It talks about in Romans chapter 14, uh, verse 23. So, yeah, yeah. Um, verse 23 says, but he who doubts, you know, he's doing something that technically would be okay if it's in the realm of opinion, but he it's against his conscience and he doubts it. Well, this says that, well, if he goes ahead and breaks his conscience, then even if it was okay, um, if he's breaking his conscience over it, then it's actually sin. So verse 23 says, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith for whatever is not from faith is sin. So that's another really good context to go to as well. I've got two more. Okay. Hebrews <clears throat> 12, 15. Okay. You know, looking diligently lest any man fail or you fail of the grace of God. Yeah. So, I mean, that right there lets us know that, you know, we can fall from the grace of God. Oh, yeah. And James chapter 1 and verse 15, you know, sin when it's finished, ready for death. Yep. And he was talking to Christians there in the book of James. Yeah. So, I mean, a Christian can fall from grace. Absolutely. I'm, gr I'm glad that you phrased it that way also, because uh, Galatians 5 verse 4 <clears throat> says, You have become estranged from Christ, uh, you who attempt to be justified by law. And he's talking about being justified by the law of Moses. Uh, you have fallen from grace. So the Judaizers, the people who were <clears throat> trying to uh, say you had to be circumcised to be saved and, and things like that, trying to you know bring Christians back to the law of Moses, they were uh, fallen from the grace of Christ because they were trying to be saved uh, under a system that was uh, the old law. And, of course, we're under the better covenant uh, today if you study the book of Hebrews. Yeah. So, so Luke, in <clears throat> chapter 8, and, uh, verse 13, you know, some believe for a while, but in the time of temptation, fall away. Yep. That's right. So... I mean, lots of lots of verses that we could go to to clearly demonstrate yeah. this. Well, I, I go ahead. I was about to say, there's more than we can count. You know, man, the whole God's book. You know, I believe it's First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse thirty-two, that God's not the author of confusion. So who is? 
Satan. Yeah, God is not the author of confusion. Um, that verse also says, uh, but he's actually the author of peace, as in all churches of the saints. So, yeah. so there's, you know, there's the truth, which is what's supposed to be in the church, the truth, uh, if we're really standing for it. And then there's, you know, confusion, error, uh, denominational divisions, etc. So, absolutely. Um, you know, like we said last week, if uh, someone believes once saved, always saved, what you need to do is you need to just go read your New Testament, uh, and then you need to go read your Old Testament while you're at it, and you'll see that uh, once saved, always saved is simply, you know, as false as false can be. I mean, none of the, the kings of those times got to do what they wanted to. He's, he told them clearly in Joshua's time that, you know, if you, oh, keep my commandments and my statues, then I'll be with you. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you, you just look at the list, you know, all the kings in the north from Jeroboam onward were downright sinful. God was not with them. Um, most of the kings in the south were sinful with the exception of, you know, Josiah, Hezekiah, uh, men like that. But uh, most of the southern kings in Judah were also sinful and, and God wasn't with them uh, because they left him. So it's yeah. those those uh, accounts, those historical accounts of the nation of Israel they're really types of, of uh, you know, what will happen to us today. If we leave the faith, God won't be with us. And, uh, yeah. and it's not, you know, God didn't move. It's not his fault. God's there all along. It's we've moved away from him. Yeah, he's only given us a guideline, you know, not even very many things. I mean, things that everyone is capable of doing. Yeah. It's just, you know, our pride, our lusts, you know, we just let them take over. Things we want instead of uh, what God would have for us instead. Yeah, totally. Really, the things that God wants for us, it's not bad, you know. It's really looking out for us. Right. Absolutely. He, I mean, he's, he's looking out for us. Uh, he's looking out for our best interest. Uh, but sometimes, uh, the devil, you know, he, he tricks us. He is a, a liar. He's a deceiver. Uh, and he, he shows us the passing pleasures of sin. Uh, but we need to remember the example of Moses from Hebrews chapter 11. Moses, uh, forsook the pleasures, uh, the passing pleasures of sin in Egypt and, and he suffered affliction with the people of God. That's what we need to do as well. Yeah, yeah. Another another good Old Testament example would be Joseph. Joseph, uh, you know, he could have he could have had his way with Potiphar's wife. She came after him. Uh, and in fact, if you go back and read that in Genesis, it says that she came and tried to tempt him day by day. Uh, but yeah. but when that moment came, he fled. He he got out of there because he knew. Uh, he wasn't about to dishonor his God, and he wasn't going to dishonor his master Potiphar either. Yeah. Yeah. He first said, no, he wouldn't dishonor. I can't do that to God. Like he said, I, I can't do that to my master either. Yeah. So, well, I've got some more uh, verses we want to look at. Um, we'll start in 1 Corinthians 9, verses 25 uh, through 27. 
Uh, I love this one. This is this is Paul speaking here in 1 Corinthians 9. And beginning in verse 25, it says, And every man that striveth for the mastery uh, is temperate in all things. That means he's able to control himself. Uh, now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Okay, that's clearly talking about salvation. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. So he's bringing his body into subjection. He's understanding that any sort of fleshly lust that might uh, he might be susceptible to, if he's not careful, he's bringing uh, it into subjection so that he will not be committing these things. And it says, lest that by any means... When I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Well, if that's not a verse that teaches against once saved, always saved, I don't know what does, because that's just as plain as can be. Yeah. Paul said, you know, I'm preaching the gospel, and uh, I realize that even if I'm preaching the gospel to others, you know, the gospel message might save them, but... Uh, if I don't watch myself, if I don't control myself, if I don't uh, keep myself pure, then I myself could be cast away. I, I myself could be lost, even though I'm preaching. And, and, you know, I'm just thinking about me, you know, as a preacher of the gospel. I need to keep that in mind. I need to be faithful to Christ just as, as all Christians need to be faithful to Christ. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, you know, we have to keep ourselves in subjection daily to, you know, and how do we do that? Really read God's word and keep you in subjection. Oh yeah. Because if you read, you know, multiple chapters a day, you're going to run across something that's going to, you know, be like, oh man, I haven't really been doing good at this. And it actually becomes stronger. Yeah. You can also study various topics. Um, Maybe that you struggle with, uh, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, um, there's, you know, we all have our struggles and uh, maybe just, you know, pull out a concordance, pull out the Bible software and just type in those words in the Bible and see what God's word says about it. And uh, just keep in mind the principle of Psalm uh, 119 verse 11, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. And talking about what saved, always saved, something that always gets brought up almost every time, and I want to talk about real quick, is the thief on the cross. Yeah. And I just want to let the listeners know that he, his sins were spoken, forgiven by Jesus himself. And they wasn't in the New Testament at that time. Yeah. They were still the Old Testament laws. And so, and, who, and we can't prove that he wasn't baptized, you know, because John was, had baptized many by then, so it's to say that he wasn't one of those. Yeah, uh, I believe it's in Mark chapter 1 and um, maybe Luke chapter 1. Um, you can you can look it up, but it, it literally says John was baptizing the baptism of repentance uh, unto the remission of sins. So the the thief very well might have 
been baptized. We, we simply don't know because it doesn't tell us. But we do know that Jesus, while he was on earth, he had the power to forgive sins anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that came to my mind because I know that most of the time you talk to a denomination or group that that's one thing they want to try to throw up. And some people might not know how to uh, combat that situation. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, we are talking about false doctrines uh, in these two episodes with you, Jordan. And uh, that's another big one. It's, uh, you know, the doctrine of faith only. And that is, like you said, that's a go-to. Usually they'll go to that one right off the bat. Well, what about the thief on the cross? So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad you glad you mentioned that. Um, I've got another passage in Second uh, Peter, Second Peter 2. We want to look at verses 17 through 22. Now, Peter, go ahead. It's been, it's been a while since I've read through, but I, I do remember I quite enjoyed both First and Second Peter quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's good stuff in, in First and Second Peter. Um, really encouraging. But Second uh, Peter 2, verses 17 through 22, in, in context, Peter had been talking about false teachers. And uh, these false teachers are turning the grace of God into lasciviousness and all sorts of things. Basically, preaching what we're what what we're talking about and preaching against, which is well, if you've got God's grace, you can do whatever you want. You know, uh, again, Romans chapter six clearly says that's not the case. And uh, Peter, Second Peter chapter two says that's not the case. Uh, also, the Epistle of Jude is another good place to go on that because uh, Jude was dealing with. Uh, false teachers who were uh, very ungodly, and he uses that word over and over again, and they were basically turning the grace of God into lasciviousness and all sorts of things as well. So beginning here in Second Peter 2, verse 17 and following, it said, these are wells without water, talking about those false teachers, clouds that are carried with the tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, which is basically gross immorality. Uh, those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. So literally, there have been people who had escaped sin, but now they're being allured back into sin. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome of the same is he brought into bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, so that's just another way of saying becoming Christians, being saved, they've escaped from the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If they're again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But as it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Jordy, this is a pretty scary passage, isn't it? Yeah, especially when you drop down here to 21 to 22. Yeah. I mean, it shows us that, look, if we have become Christians and then we leave the faith, we walk away from it, 
it's we're going to be worse off than if we had never even accepted the gospel. Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie to you that you know when I was living in the world, God's word was you know sometimes come to me, you know, just in thought. It's kind of in the back one, of your mind. Yeah, this one right here is one of them. That's a promise. Yep. I would sit there and think I'm like, man, if anything happens, I was like, it, I knew, right? I knew it was going to be bad. Yep. I'm just glad, you know, God was gracious enough to allow the time to get back. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm thankful for you, brother, because uh, you're a good example. Like I said, you know, people who have wavered, people who have fallen away, uh, when they hear your story, uh, you know, that kind of gives them that perspective and, and they can see, you know what, he came back. Maybe I need to come back as well. So and I hope, I hope you know, it does help people like that because sometimes we do need to see somebody else's as an example or whatever to help encourage us, you know. Yeah, learn from the mistakes of others. It comes at the right time, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you look at that last part, it talks about a, a dog, you know, it's just grotesque. And we've probably all seen this, a dog returning to its own vomit. And it's, you know, it's disgusting. Well, that's that's the picture that Peter wants us to have here. A Christian who just returns to his life of sin. That's how disgusting it is. Uh, a pig, you know, maybe you took your pig to the county fair and uh, wash, you know, washed it, cleaned it up, and then you took it home and it went right back to the mud. <laughs> that, that's what it's like when a Christian uh, is is washed, is sanctified, is justified, 1 Corinthians 6, verse, uh, verse uh, 21, I think it is. and um, But then you go back into your life of sin. So what about uh, Colossians 1, verses 21 through 23? You want to you cover that one for us, Jordy? Colossians 1, verses 21 through 23. Say it one more time, Chase. Colossians 1, verses 21 through 23. It says, And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, it now hath reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unprovable in his sight. If you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which have preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I am, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. I actually done a Wednesday night devotional on being grounded. Yeah. Yeah, it's so important. We've got to be grounded. We've got to be settled, uh, not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Well, if 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 uh, Paul there in Colossians is telling us we have to be grounded and settled, and we cannot allow ourselves to be moved away from the hope of the gospel, or we're not supposed to, then that shows that it is a possibility that some people do allow themselves to be moved away from the hope of the gospel. Yeah, I mean, why else would he have to warn? Right. You know? Exactly, and um, you know, it talks about early earlier in the verse. It says, you know, we're reconciled. Well, that. That's another word for saved. We're brought back to God, you know, reconciled to him. Uh, but notice that he goes on and he says that we have to present present ourselves holy, unblameable, and unreprovable 
in God's sight. And then it says, if, if we continue, you know, if is a big little word. If we, if we continue in the faith grounded and settled, uh, it, that continue is a, is a huge word too. It's something that has to continue throughout our lives, not just, uh, you know, once. Everlasting. Yep. Yep. So we've got to continue. You know, we keep going back to John chapter one, got to continue or uh, first John chapter one, continue walking in the light uh, as he is in the light. Uh, we've got, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, you know, James chapter one, verse 22, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Yep. So we've got to also be out there doing these things yeah a uh, a person a christian who is not a doer of the word it's like a man who looks in a, a glass and beholds himself and uh, he goes you know goes on his way and uh he doesn't realize he's just completely uh unkempt he he's just you know he's just not what he's supposed to be and uh, that gets into our influence as christians we're we're supposed to be a good example to those around us but if we're not guarding ourselves, then uh, we're not going to be that good example to those around us. I've uh, I've got one more passage, Jordy, and it's in Hebrews chapter ten. Hebrews chapter ten. Um, a lot of times we go to verse twenty-five and it talks about not forsaking the assembling. That's a very important passage, but. Um, I'm afraid that sometimes we, you know, if somebody is forsaking the assembling, maybe we'll send them a text message that says Hebrews 10:25 on it, or maybe you know we'll we'll have a conversation with them and say, look, Hebrews 10:25 says not forsaking the assembling, but uh, really we need to go deeper than that, don't we? We need to, you know, if you've got a Hebrews 10:25 problem, before that you had a Matthew 6 verse 33 problem, which is you're not seeking first the kingdom of God. So, you know, a Christian who's not attending faithfully, there's deeper issues that's leading. You know, uh, there's root cause issues that's leading to that. Uh, not for, you know, not attending faithfully is just the the symptoms that are coming out. But but they they don't love God. Yeah, my guess would be that this slide going on before that happens as far as uh, reading. Bible, definitely. There's a reason why we're supposed to read our Bible every day. Yeah. Because God knows that our minds can be in a thousand different places and eventually he'll become, you know, backseat to our lives. Yep. And so, you know, we have to read every day. Yeah, we, we need that routine. And uh, it's, yeah, because if you're you know you're keeping God in your life, because church only happens twice a week, right? Uh, and so, in my opinion, that's not quite enough. Yeah, well, if we went back to Acts chapter two, they were together every day. Yeah, yeah, and especially if you don't have any other Christian influences in your life besides the people around you at church, so. You have to stay in the Word. Oh, yeah. You really have to try as best as you can to, to 
key Christian people in your life that sometimes it's harder to do than you know for some than for others. That's why we need to be together, not just at you know at the building, but in each other's homes and encouraging one another whenever we have opportunity. It makes a difference. Yeah, I mean, technology has been, got us so far away from everything. Yeah. I mean, we don't go over to Brother So-and-So's house and play a game of card and, you know, shoot the breeze. And Just be around each other. Yeah, Chase knows about me shooting the breeze. I come over to your house, I ain't leaving until 11 o'clock. <laughs> Hey, that's okay. I, I I enjoyed those days. Um, might not want to wake up the next morning, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, we're supposed to spend time together, so yeah. And, and I tell you, I love being around Christian folks. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's what it's all about. Yeah, it helps us stay grounded, like we talked about, and uh, often your tools. So when you're around, like say you've been around all your Christian friends for a while, you get around some of your worldly friends. Your lights will be shining brighter. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I want to read Galatians chapter 6 real quick. Um, Galatians 6 verses 1 and 2 says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any fault or trespass, uh, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness or meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's literally talking about bearing each other's sin burdens. You know, talking it out. Hey, I'm struggling with this today, brother. I'm start, I'm struggling with that. You know, um, being around each other so that we can do that. We've got to encourage Christians to get back to that uh, if we want to see, you know, greater generational, uh, multi-generational faithfulness. Uh, we've got to encourage Christians spending time together outside of just, you know, in the pews. And then also uh, another thing I wanted to say was, Get back to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Talk about God all the time. Uh, when you're sitting in your house, when you rise up, when you lie down, when you walk by the way, decorate your clothes with Him, decorate your house with Him. That's basically what Deuteronomy chapter 6 says. We've got to do that if we ever can expect our, you know, our young people to be faithful uh, to God and, and, and not fall away. Yeah. So. And if you do that, Going to, you know, we're to be peculiar people. So if you do do like Deuteronomy, decorate yourself, then you're going to bring bringing questions about. Yeah, people are going to wonder. Yep, and questions that you can answer. Yep, and First uh, Peter uh, three verse fifteen says, "But sanctify the Lord God in your heart, and be always ready to to give an answer to everyone who asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear." So uh, you know that comes in too, which you know feeds into evangelism which feeds into the church growing again. I mean, we could go on and on and on. Um, You know, this is kind of a a sidebar, but a good one, uh, because, you know, all this goes together uh, as what we're supposed to be doing as Christians. Um, But I want to get back to Hebrews 10. Uh, I'll start reading in verse 24. It says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So we're supposed to consider one another. We're supposed to exhort one another, you know, encourage one another. One of the most inconsiderate things a Christian can actually do when it comes to their brethren 
is to forsake assembling together with their brethren. But uh, we see it all the time. I mean, Christians do it all the time. Uh, For if we sin willfully, so we know without a shadow of a doubt, if you forsake the assembling of the saints, it is a willful sin. Well, what is the case if someone sins willfully? For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. That uh, sounds like punishment, doesn't it? So you've got a Christian, they've willfully sinned afterwards, there's no more sacrifice for sins, and then they can expect judgment and fiery indignation. If that's not teaching against once saved, always saved, I don't know what does. Uh, But he says, he that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sorer punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God. That's what you do to, to Jesus when you forsake the assembly. And hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the spirit of grace. And that's where your grace comes in. And we talked about, you know, multiple times in these two episodes. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. We're insulting the spirit of grace uh, when we do these things. For we know him that has said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Uh, We mentioned earlier the verse in uh, 2 Peter that was really scary. I think this one's really scary too. What do you think, Jordy? Yes, absolutely. It's a fiery indignation. Yep. I don't want to experience that. No. I mean, talk about being cast into outer darkness. You know, Brother Travis talks about he went to a cave and the sister of Karen, and he said they put his hand in front of his face and he couldn't see it. And he was sitting there thinking that hell's going to be darker than that. That's pretty scary. Huh? That's pretty scary. Telling me, man. And people are so nearsighted that they don't, you know, they, they don't see that. Yep. That coming. You know, they, they don't look far enough in the future, you know, like what happens if I die? And I'm not in the same state. Right. You know, if they did, they would, I'm telling you, a lot more people would would be more considerate of their soul and their salvation. Well, Jordy, do you have any uh, concluding final thoughts before we get out of here? No, that's about it. You know, we just, I do want to say that. Romans 6, chapter 23, you know, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, if you have sin in your life, if you die in that sin, you know, you're going to die the second death, the forever death. And it's my prayer that our listeners are, you know, hopefully this gets to somebody that's never heard the gospel. I just, I pray for y'all, and I just want you to know that I know I love you. Uh, you know, Chase loves you. 
if you have any questions, please reach out to us and we'll be glad to study with you further. But today you've heard the word and you know, there's certain steps that one must do to uh, be, you know, plan a salvation. You know, like I said today, you've heard it from Romans 10, 17. Then once you hear, you must believe it. John 8, 24. Once you believe, you know, that you have sin, that you must repent of that sin, turn away from it. Luke uh, chapter 13, verses 3 and verse 5 clarifies that. Once you repent, you must confess Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and then you must be baptized, be baptized into Christ. Acts 2 38. And after all that, we must live faithfully to death. Revelation chapter 2 verse 10. All these things are, you know, you know, they want to preach this saves only, this saves only. It's a, it's a step that you got to take. There's five steps to salvation. Appreciate it, Jordy. That's uh, I appreciate that. That's kind of an invitation here at the end of the episode. And if there's uh, any listeners who uh, have not done those things, you have not put your faith in, in Jesus with all of your heart and repented of your sins, confessed faith in Christ, and been baptized into Christ. We would encourage you to do that. You know, the Bible says Jesus will return one day in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who knew not, knew not God and did not obey his gospel. So obey the gospel today. Uh, the gospel is the good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Obey his gospel by being, you know, putting your old man of sin to death, burying him in water, and rising up to walk in newness of life. Be baptized into Christ today. You can contact me or any of the other hosts at the Scattered Abroad Network, and uh, we will be glad to help you with that. I'd be glad to put you in touch with somebody uh, that can help you with that today. Jordy, thank you again for for, uh, joining us on this podcast these last couple of weeks, and uh, it's really good to hear from you. And uh, again, just appreciate all your your work in the kingdom and uh, your preparation for this, and I just appreciate you, of course, as as one of my best friends in the world, brother. Yeah, you, you too, man. I love you. I'm glad uh, that you've had me on here doing this. This is you know, one way we can evangelize. You know, God has given us this you know tool of technology to reach people now. It's a little bit easier than it used to be, so we thank God for that. Yep. And we just pray for honest hearts. That's right. Pray for honest hearts. Well, thank you, the uh, listeners, for tuning in to this episode of the Everyday Christian Podcast. Lord willing, we will continue with some some more subjects dealing with doctrine uh, next week on the Everyday Christian Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.